It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the lie. This is Steve Fulton host of the Never Let the Fires Die podcast, the Alarm podcast. Recently, I asked my friends Steve and Amanda Vardy, two of my most favorite people in the world, to travel to the Manchester 2017 Alarm Show and record their thoughts. I met Steve and Amanda Vardy in 1997 when my wife and I traveled to Wales to go to the Gathering Five. But I'd actually known Steve for many years before because Steve Vardy started the first way that fans could communicate with one another on the internet about the alarm. It was called Steve Vardy's Alarm Mailing List. It was a daily digest that Steve Vardy created by hand every single night, long before Facebook, YouTube, or even websites. It was the one way that fans could communicate with one another on the internet. Even Mike Peters got into the act. He was a silent member of that mailing list. And in 1995, after following our in-depth discussions about B-sides and lost tracks and our favorite songs, he created the album Second Generation based on our conversations on that mailing list. Steve and Amanda Vardy met in 1988, volunteering to help the handicapped. They went to their first alarm show in 1989 on the No Frontiers tour. In 2002, tragedy befell Amanda Vardy. But that tragedy turned into an amazing and inspiring story that speaks for itself. So here is the story of Steve and Amanda. Well, hello, Alarm Podcast. This is your roving reporters from the UK, Steve and Amanda Vardy. We're currently sitting on the train, heading down to Manchester, ready for tonight's alarm gig. I feel like we should be singing, and the song would have to be This Train Is Bound For Manchester. Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day, we're passing through the Pennines. We're just so looking forward to tonight, looking forward to seeing old faces and, of course, looking forward to seeing the best band in the world. To find my way, oh, to find my way in life in this my town. You never let me down. Having our free gig meal, looking forward to heading off very soon. And it's just funny, we were just remembering the first gig I was able to go to after I got well from being bed bound, and I wasn't even fully recovered then. <laughs> Do you remember, Steve? Can, but I can't remember the name of the place, it's in Keithley. Oh, yeah, in Keithley, tiny little place in Keithley. And, um, and I was on the walking frame then, and I remember us like me, me trundling up to the door on the walking frame, and we got there really early. And it was absolutely pouring down with rain. That's right. So we looked like drowned rats, and um, Mike was still sound checking, and he saw us through the door and said, um, Oh, come in, come in. And we got to sit with Mike through the sound check. But it was just so wonderful to catch up with Mike again after all those years that I'd been away. February 2002, our lives literally did change overnight. As I woke up in agony, 
next thing I'm in an ambulance being rushed to hospital and I was told that I had internal bleeding and that there was a growth in the kidney that the doctor said had all the hallmarks of cancer we can do for you. I was becoming more disabled by the day and nobody even knew why. I think for me, around about that time, one of the worst days was the one where I came home and I found Amanda lying in a heap at the bottom of the stairs. And that day she'd been to a medical appointment and she'd come home absolutely drained tried to walk upstairs to have a lie down on the bed and as she started walking up the stairs all the energy in her body just left her and she collapsed in a heap at the bottom of the stairs she was just lying there sobbing she was too ill to have even crawled across to a few yards to the phone to ring us and tell us what had happened all I wanted to do was look after my wife but I, I had no idea what to do and all I could think to do that night was just to get down on my knees put my arms around her just hold her close and cry with her and that's what we did, we just sobbed together, just desperate for something to change. And after that, I just gently picked her up, I carried her upstairs and I laid her on the bed. And I had absolutely no idea just how significant that act was going to be. She stayed bedbound after that for nine years. Finally, I was diagnosed with a severe form of a condition called ME. Now, I didn't know anything about ME, but actually this was like the moment I'd been waiting for because I was just so desperate to know what was wrong with me. So I assumed that what would happen now, the doctors would tell me what the treatment was and they would cure me. But what actually happened was the doctors told me there was no cure. And so it just felt like our whole world had been pulled from under us. And so we just said we are going to pray and we are going to believe that God will come through for us again. And so we really were praying in faith. And for months we kept praying, but instead of getting better, my condition actually got worse and worse. In fact, by this time, I was so severely ill that Steve was actually having to spoon feed me. And my world had become the tiny world of the same four walls of a darkened room. I couldn't even have the curtains open because I had severe light sensitivity. So I didn't even see the outside world through the window for nine years. After four years, I was told that I was now too severely affected to ever recover. Every high and low, every Somebody we know said they're having a healing service. Do you want to come along and receive prayer for Amanda? So I went along, and that night the then uh, worship pastor Mark Stevens started praying with us. And halfway through praying, he said, "He's telling me it's a done deal. Your wife will be healed." But you know that wasn't it. It didn't happen that night. 
In fact, it was to be another four years before we actually saw any physical healing in Amanda at all. You know what, though? That promise changed everything for us. A done deal. So, overnight, without even thinking about it, our language changed from if I was healed to when I was healed. And we got out a piece of paper and we made a dream list. And on the top of the paper we said, things we will do when I am healed. And then the dream that was the most special dream of all. And that was the dream that Steve and I would dance together again. On a day in the summer of 2011, a Sunday morning, I was lying in bed praying, and God gave me three words, go to church. Two weeks later, 14th of August 2011 it was, I'll never forget the date, because it is the day that I left the house for the first time in nine years. And some weeks it was just so painful and so difficult to physically be taken to church but I was determined I was not under any circumstances going to give up. I'm so glad I didn't because in April 2012 I was prayed for in church and I got up out of my wheelchair and I walked. <laughs> Morning. In the meantime, our church decided they were going to hold a worship service. And um, I really wasn't feeling well that night, but I stumbled on my walking frame down the aisle, sat at the disabled seats at the front, and just closed my eyes and began to praise God. And it was like there was only God and me in the room. And it was like I forgot everyone else was there. And suddenly this amazing energy began to fill me. And when you have me, you have no energy whatsoever. And so it stood out so much. And before I could even think about what I was doing, I just got my hand and I shoved that walking frame so hard that it rolled <laughs> totally out of reach. And then began to dance. next to me could not believe what he was saying. I think he didn't know whether to get his phone and capture this moment forever 
or whether she grabbed me and danced with me. So being Mr. Technical, he did both. <laughs> and you can look on YouTube the videos there that he actually took that day. And so I still have my eyes shut. I'm just dancing before God is 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 Steve's film and me. And then I just felt Steve take my hands, and the two of us began to dance together. Mike actually told Amanda's story from the stage and told everybody how it was her first night out in, was it nine years? Twelve years. Twelve years, 12 years. at the time. And the whole room just burst into applause. It was absolutely lovely. Oh, it was. It was absolutely amazing. And I remember that night, Mike dedicated a song to us. And the song was, It Just Don't Get Any Better Than This. And it just was so true, because it just don't get any better than that. I think the next time we went to see Alarm after that was it Leeds O2 you were still on your walking frame yes I remember and you had to you had to slide down the stairs on your bum every time you went to the toilet I remember because the disabled toilets were locked and nobody could find the key and when I got there the security people said I couldn't go in because I might use it as a weapon and it was so funny because if you'd seen me on that walking frame I didn't look much like I was going to be using anything as a weapon but I remember we're like we charmed the people on the door and they finally let us in and yeah another great game Gig, wasn't it, was, it? it was just before just after the vinyl premiere in London oh that was amazing yeah that, that was so huge for me because not having even been downstairs in my own house for nine years being totally like living in the world of the four walls of a darkened room because like I, I, I didn't even see sunlight did I Steve for nine no. years because I had severe light sensitivity so the curtains were shut and suddenly, like, to go all the way to London for that film premiere, that was massive. So there was yeah. no way I was missing the film yeah, premiere. So Amanda's sliding down the stairs on her bum, and we've got um, Phil Daniels and uh, Steve Diggle standing behind watching and just laughing. <laughs> yeah, and bizarre, it was, bizarre it was night. so funny, do you remember? Because, I don't, I don't know if anyone will remember this, but um, Mike had done a competition... Um, and do you remember, we decided, there were like loads of people, um, what was the, it was the ch- song was Free it for? Free Rock and Roll, that's it. And the, the competition was like for a band to, to play Free Rock and Roll and get a chance to, I think, play it, the, was it, it was played. It was to go, to go to the premiere. That's it, to go to the premiere. And um, we decided, while well, everyone else was doing these brilliant versions, we decided we were going to do a version with sock puppets, do you remember? Yeah. And it was the most comical thing. And, um, and if you don't believe us, look, is it on, is it YouTube? It's on YouTube, on? yeah. Yeah, never mind the buzz socks, <laughs> doing the version of free rock and roll. And honestly, if you... But Steve is very proudly now holding the new album. <laughs> True.
Okay, here's the kickoff of the support act. Somebody called Dave Rowley. I was actually coming to this gig to watch. special in that and I think like for me I just all the years that we've been watching the alarm and all the gigs that we've been to all the gatherings we've been to just never fails to amaze us how the passion and the energy the sheer energy that, that Mike has when he's up on stage and the band together just just how that never diminishes and yeah you, you, I, I couldn't see less energy in it than I would have you know 10, 20 years ago it's amazing Look away from the The course that a lot of the songs were the first time I'd heard them, because I only just got the album tonight. But uh, one stood out in particular, and that's the one called Time. And I'm really looking forward to being able to hear that one played in the studio because it was such a powerful bass line on it. Spoken as a true bass player, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to hearing that one, see how it was recorded and... Uh...
arrangements tonight really make us want to go back now and hear the proper recordings and hear how they, how Mike actually interpreted them in the studio. Yeah, I feel like that. It makes us just really keen to go back and just absorb those songs. And again, it just like, for, for me, I just felt such a sense of journey in the songs and just a sense you really can feel. That, that Mike and Jules have been through some stuff while, while Mike's been writing these songs and just just as always really that sense of not giving up the fight and and just being fighters just coming through in the, the lyrics but also the sense of you know that not always knowing the way but believing there has to be one and I feel I want to go back and explore it musically but also explore the lyrics because I feel there's there's good stuff in there for when you when you're battling and when you're fighting. We tonight um, more the original version a bit like on the the remake version of, of Declaration with the original lyrics in and a lot slower uh, arrangement and then just building up into the way we knew it yeah yeah I like that it did that yeah we've heard Mike do that solo but that was the first time we'd actually heard him do it in that format with the band and that was really good as well. Yeah, I was going to say we've heard one or the other, haven't we? Of the the version where we revisited the original lyrics, that's the slower version. But to hear them combined and just the sense of build, uh, yeah, I think that was powerful, really powerful. It was like the room kind of exploded. <laughs> it was, yeah, really good stuff. <laughs> just seeing old friends as well you know there's a lot of people that we've seen over the years at, at alarm concerts and it's not the same if we don't see them no but it's great to know we're all in the same room together and all, all enjoying the same gig together 
Yeah, and it, it sort of struck us actually standing with Kevin, John, and thinking of all the gigs and all the gatherings where we've sung those same songs together and and just you know loved every minute of that but just it just really made us think tonight about how how many people we have how many friends we've sung those songs with and just how much how much has happened in all of our lives since the first time we sung those songs together you know, like we've got friends across the world that were met through the alarm and through the gathering. You know, people like the Fultons. And, you know, they have teenage kids now. They didn't even have kids at all when we first were singing those songs with them. And just, yeah, like the sense of journey that I see in the, the new songs, seeing that sense of journey in all of our lives. But here we are, all are, still singing those songs together, like a, almost an anchor point. back wow what a show over two hours a lot of new songs a lot of old songs good mixture yeah i like that i really love how he blended the old and the new for those who aren't aware the lineup is smiley on drums mike on guitar and vocals james stevenson mainly on bass with the odd little bit of guitar well, a welcome sight is Jules back on the keyboard again for quite a bit of the show. It works and it really shows how Mike's guitar work has really come on in the last few years. And that new guitar he uses as well, the, the sort of stereo guitar, just adds a, a, an extra dimension to it. And it, it was just such a different experience to have Mike playing the main guitar part though, because he, he, he always... I would have always said he was a rhythm guitarist, but tonight he proved he can play a lead. Hmm. And of course, a lot of the songs were the first time I'd heard them, because I only just got the album tonight. But uh, one stood out in particular, and that's the one called Time. And I'm really looking forward to being able to hear that one played in the studio, because there was such a powerful bass line on it. Mm-hmm. And spoken as a true bass player, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to hearing that one. So obviously this is a rearranged gig. And the original gig was supposed to have been on the 1st of December. That was going to be a really special night for us because it was the day after our 25th win anniversary and I'd secretly booked the tickets and the hotel and the train tickets down to Manchester as a surprise for Amanda. But then of course everything went completely wrong. 
that all the gigs got postponed because of Jules's illness. Yeah, because when we just heard about why that gig had been postponed, it no longer mattered that it was going to be our 25th wedding anniversary due because our hearts just went out to Mike and Jules. And they've just been through so much. Yet watching Jules in that, that cancer battle, it was just an inspiration, just watching the way she did those 10-mile walks to her treatment, just everything about her attitude. And we've seen that attitude in Mike and Jules just the whole time we've known them, you know, through through Mike's battle too with, with his health. And I think for us, maybe that's why the, the lyrics of the songs have spoken to us so much through our own tough times, because some of you'll know that there was a huge gap where where sometimes Steve was alone at alarm gigs and I wasn't there at all because I was actually bed-bound for nine years, never expected to recover. And I remember just every time Steve would go to a gig, I'd be thinking of you all and picturing and, and listening, to, listening to the music. And back then, when I first was ill, on, on tapes on the Walkman, <laughs> which really dates it. But it just... It just means so much now that I can be back with the family that is Alarm fans, back at gigs again, Steve and I sharing it together. And that's what we love about the Alarm. It's like around the Alarm, it's like a family. And we've made friends all over the world through it. Really, really good friends, united by the music and brought together by Mike and the band. And there's nothing I can do except to run. And you know, as we've just been recording this today, just the the sense of so so many that we have so many alarm memories and just how precious those alarm memories are and how, you know, with every gig we're just making new memories and it's that thing just like with the songs, the, the blending of the old and the new. Really beautiful thing. Yeah, which is an alarm. <laughs> Almost an alarm quote in itself. Well, I think that's it from us. Yeah. It's been an interesting day. It's been a pleasure to uh, record this for everyone. Hopefully one day soon we'll see some more of these down the road, either at a concert or better still at a gathering. You never know, we might even see your mate Barry there. My mate Barry? No, I don't want to see my mate Barry. <laughs> and anyone who doesn't understand that, you just have to look at Steve's Facebook and you'll, you, you'll, you'll discover Steve's mate Barry. So we'll sign out as your Roman UK reporters and hand you back to the safe and secure hands of Steve and Jeff Bolton. Good night and thanks everyone. Good night.
according to uh, all the things on the wall, Mike's not coming on stage till nine o'clock. So presumably that means once the Man U game's finished. 